0: Welcome to the HSCT Warriors podcast, bringing voice to the journeys of HSCT Warriors worldwide. I'm Dr. Jen Stansberry-Koenig for Jen, moderator of meaningful conversations and convener of community. As we continue to grow the HSCT Warrior community, illuminate the invisibilities of autoimmune disease, recognize the possibilities of a future free from disease progression, connect through our shared experiences, and advocate for an inclusive society. I'm so glad you've joined us. Good morning, Allie. Good morning, Jen. How's it going? How are you doing? I am doing very
1: well. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. How are you doing too?
0: Also, very well. Um, Gee whiz, we're three years out now, right? We are. And I'm so grateful Mm -hmm. you continue to open our podcast seasons for us.
1: Well, I am even more grateful that you ask me, that I get the opportunity to do it and to connect with you. And I can't believe season six.
0: (laughs) Right. Well, and I mean, it's every like six months. So really, it's two seasons a year, which makes sense, right? Because we're right three years out, right? which is just, I don't know if it's hard for you to believe, but I feel like it was just there like a year ago, maybe.
1: You know, I go back and forth. There are times when I'm like, I can't believe how long it's been. And there are other times when I'm like, can remember something and feel like it was yesterday.
0: Sure. Sure. Well, sure. I think that's the value of inviting you back each, well, six month season to just <laughs> check in and see like, how's it going with recovery? Because it offers us a glimpse of at least one who's been through HSET to see that trend of recovery. and mm-hmm. And I just appreciate you being vulnerable and sharing insights to your experience.
1: Well, thank you. I feel like it's really important because um, I think it's important to know how we are all doing and we don't get that opportunity to know how everybody's doing. So at least to know to follow somebody and be able to, you know, everybody that listens can follow the same person each season and see, you know, if, you know, what comes up, what comes down, the ebbs and flows of recovery and all of that. So
0: It is indeed a roller coaster. <laughs> I mean, people describe it, it as such a maybe – some roller coasters are a little more smooth than others, right? Or straightforward. Exactly. Um, and I try to even help people understand it's not just ups and downs. It's backwards and forwards and twists and turns and sometimes mellow and sometimes very unexpected and jarring. Yes,
1: you're right. Some It is. And it, I mean, even, even though I feel I've had a very good recovery, you know, I still have, I still have my moments, you know, I'm still a person with MS. And the truth is, I want to really be clear about this, Jen. I work very hard on myself. I really do. I I didn't just go through this process and take it for granted. So not that I'm saying anybody does, but I really do work very hard as I know you do.
0: Right. And that's, Maybe I don't work as hard as you, and maybe that's why I continue to be inspired by you because I know I can do better. I tend to busy myself with work, which is not productive for improving and continuing to heal and, and recover. And I say that, and then I'm like, well, but you know, when I had my three three year MRI, it did show maybe some of my lesions seem to be shrinking, which is amazing. As did mine. And so, yeah, you just have to keep up the good work and realize Mm -hmm. you are doing good work anytime you put in that effort.
1: Yes. Yes. And I find that it's just, it's work. It is work. It takes work. Um, For me, you know, there isn't a day that I'm not doing something. You know, my motto has been for quite some time that I live my life to do better than yesterday. So if today I could just be better than yesterday, in whatever capacity I choose that to be, then I'm, I'm always, I'm always working. I'm always fighting. I'm always trying.
0: So what are some of the th- ways you support yourself in recovery? Um, Exercise. It's, you
1: know, it, I, I did it a lot right before to condition my body. And it is just such a part of my life. And when I say that I'm not like a marathon runner, I'm not a hardcore like crazy workout person, but I commit to moving my body every single day. Every day. Whatever that may be. Whether it's a walk, where whether it's, you know, a run, yoga, whatever it may be, I am very committed to moving my body. I have found that is a huge factor.
0: And so you just got back from a walk to the grocery store.
1: I did. I, a a long walk that I I didn't realize it was a longer walk than I expected. Um, but, but I do it. I do push myself. So, you know, I, I push my mind first so that my body follows. People always say, well, I push my body for me. I push my mind. Like I wanted to go out for a run this morning and I'm not a runner, but I'm a job, like I'll do jogs. Like I'm trying to get better, but I also have had both of my knees, operated on over the years. So, um, I can't really do run, run, but I try to push myself out of my comfort zone so that my body responds. So that's a big factor for me. Um, food, food has always been something that I'm passionate about since I was diagnosed all those years ago and mindfulness. Um, it's just mindfulness. I, I, I'm on a healing journey. And it's funny because every season that we do this <laughs> conversation, I'm in a different place. Right. And I get to look back and see, see my growth. You know, because sometimes we don't look at that often. And so this is a reminder for me, like that, I'm what I'm doing.
0: And I think it's inspiration for others who maybe get caught up in the routine or, find themselves maybe depressed because they're trapped inside and quarantined because of COVID, right? Mm -hmm. I find myself realizing time is going so fast but at at the same time so slow. And so if I can do something different about my routine each day, it helps to challenge the mind and the Mm -hmm. body to do something different and break out of that routine that we find ourselves in with quarantine.
1: Right. Right. You know, it's interesting. 2020 was was a tough year for me in in some ways, but it was actually a very good year for me in other ways. And, and I have had incredible personal growth and I've made big changes in my life in 2020. So I kind of feel blessed by it. And I also have worked from home for like 20 years. So I'm a homebody. So for me, being at home all the time wasn't hard. The hard part, I think, was just a little bit of the isolation from friends, like not seeing my getting to see my friends so sure. much. Sure. But, you know, it was okay. We managed. We're still friends. <laughs> we figure it out. Um
0: and you continue to be on this growth journey. So what have you noticed, right? Is it really like an every six month kind of in your mind or is it, like it just like an evolution. Yeah. <laughs> an ongoing I, growth.
1: It is. Um so I've made some changes. I've been really focused on um, changing up my coaching a little bit and what I'm doing. I got involved with a new online wellness business that has been phenomenal and life changing. And I, I'm in a new relationship. Yeah. I mean, not, it's it's been a year, but, but it's new. Um, and that brought me to Florida. So I'm now living part-time in Florida,
0: which has been really nice. Especially nice if you can tolerate the heat. Yes. Yeah. Yes.
1: And I can. So, so those are some changes, but I had to mentally grow to be able to make those changes
0: for me. Yeah.
1: Um. To be able to uh, pick up and, and move for months at a time and leave my world behind. It was a, it was a, a very big personal journey in trust, which is something I've struggled with for most of my life. So I feel probably the biggest growth is in that aspect of my life, you know, and finding somebody who wants to go on that health journey also and, you know, transitioning work and realizing like what I really want to be doing and, um, just finding joy. Like I'm just finding so much happiness and joy in the new
0: things. So, do you think you found space for all of that discovery, at least, or connection of and joy by developing that trust and finding new levels of trust?
1: Absolutely. Because I had to not only find it in another person, but I had to find it in myself first. Mm. I had to trust myself to trust another person to be able to do to do what I'm doing. Um So I, I, for me, that is my greatest achievement right late, you know, in the last, in the last year, I would say, Oh
0: yeah, that's work.
1: um, It was a lot of inner work, and it is continued inner work, um, healing a lot of trauma, you know, and, and opening up a space into a new relationship in a way that I haven't done before, which is opening up those doors to past trauma in each person's life so that we grow and learn each other's triggers from past, you know, that trauma of past relationships or family or childhood, are triggers and being able to openly discuss them and talk about them so that we get to know those things. There's just, you know, huge trust and growth. So I'm very grateful.
0: That's transformational.
1: It is. And, um, just being able to Find, you know, work that doesn't feel like work, mm. um, and and learning to really fall in love with my life, which is really the truth. Is you know I'm a happy person. I've been a happy person for a long time, even though you know my biggest you know I guess the words that everybody uses is the roller coaster after HSCT. And I had mentioned this on one of the webinars. I didn't have a lot of physical roller coaster. I really didn't. But I had an incredible mental journey. And I struggled with with tremendous depression that came upon. um, I had dabbled with it growing like in the years of, you know, early adulthood, but not to this degree. And um, yeah, I
0: mean, it comes along to some extent with MS in general.
1: Yes, yes. But after the transplant, it seemed to really, um, come on in a a much heavier way, a deeper, deeper way. It, It was new thoughts. It was new ways that my brain was working. And, and then I went, I finally agreed. You know, I finally went on medication. It was time. I had to, and I'm so happy I did because it was able to balance me out so that I could do the work that I needed to work to heal because without that, my brain just wouldn't stay calm enough. So even though I suffer from that depression now from time to time, I will say with a hundred percent certainty, I am a very happy human being. Like I wake up every day and I choose happiness. And I believe, Jen, it's a choice. We can choose to get up and live in a world suffocated by our diseases, or we can get up and choose happiness, and to see what the day brings us. How are we going to make the choice to move ahead? And this is a very—I find a controversial topic that I have done podcasts on with a, you know people that have had me on podcasts and um, coaching. And I know it's hard, but in the end, it is choice. So, but that's a deeper discussion for a totally
0: different. Indeed. podcast but, but part of the journey, <laughs> right? Because like yes. we we have this narrative of our lives that we tell ourselves and mm-hmm. and what you choose to pay attention to or what you choose to bring voice to mm-hmm. can certainly influence the approach with which yes. you take each day. And so I love that you're Focusing on that um, mindful yeah. approach to yeah. happiness and choosing joy and choosing. I'm
1: choosing to I'm choosing to focus on that, even when there's times that are, are bad or I feel like I'm falling into like a depressive day. I'm still choosing happiness, which means I'm fighting back to uncover what's causing me to feel that way. And then how do I you know, get rid of that feeling and thoughts?
0: And, and it's it become
1: a conscious practice for me. Yeah,
0: it's work. It takes it work. It is work. Oh, yeah. It takes a lot of inner work. And... Um, well, and vulnerability and sure. strength and reflection and mm-hmm. courage and all the things that I think support all the things recovery. That,
1: yes, but it's also all the things that people are afraid to open up to. Mm. So... It's hard but to But as far vulnerable. as the... It is hard. <laughs> it is. But I will say that trans- the transformation that we, that we do have the ability to make, you know, we can't change other people, but we certainly can change ourselves. Even when we are living with an illness um, or we feel we're living in a, you know, a job that's getting us nowhere or a relationship that's bad or whatever life throws at us. We have choices and we can choose to fight our way out of it or we can choose to stay stuck. And if you aren't sure how to get over that and get unstuck, then reach out to somebody, Mm -hmm. you know, find a therapist or find a life coach, which I am. And or, you know, talk to your doctor or call a friend that you trust and just say, I just need to talk this out. Right. But. There are ways to get unstuck with help, and there's always help. There really is always help.
0: Always. So always, always. someone even just to listen.
1: Always. Um, you know, and today there's so many options of things. You know, with with podcasts and Audible and you know Google and YouTube and there's just so many things out there that people can can get to. And listen to and watch to even get them out of something. Even for people that say, well, I don't have anybody. There's still things that can be done. The choice has to come first to want to do it. So that's the that's the mental part of my transformation. And then, you know, physically, I would say I'm doing great. Um, I've been activating my cells now for about six months. I take an activator, an NRF2 activator, and I feel pretty spectacular. So what's the um, science
0: behind that? Because I've been taking new supplements as well and notice a huge difference. I did... What are you taking? Well, I did genomic sequencing with my doctor to look at my genetic mm-hmm. mutations and presentations. And it turns out my body uh, has a hard time eliminating cellular waste because I, ah. don't, I don't make enough... A uh, catalase, I think, which mm-hmm. is the complement to glutathione. Absolutely. And, and so, I've been taking a new supplement with more of the catalase, but also hydrogen tablets. Adding that to my water to just add hydrogen to my body to complement all the extra oxygen, so that it can process and eliminate through. Mm, your we'll urine. have to talk.
1: We'll have to talk offline because it's fascinating I, I wanna... stuff. It's fascinating. Are you taking NAD? Then, if your body's not producing the cellular waste, are you taking NAD mm, to, to no. ramp up autophagy? Girl, I, we have to talk. Yes,
0: <laughs> yes, we do. Because it's absolutely fascinating to see, like, to just sit down with your doctor and look at this and say, oh, okay. So, this genetic mutation passed down from my parents that I it's had no very, control over. Very
1: interesting. But you know what? that your general GPs and doctors really don't know about this. So you do have to find somebody that can give you some science and, yes. and point you in
0: the right direction. Right, Because, yeah, but, I mean, um, I see a functional medicine. Yes. Internal yes. And, medicine there, and, doctor. Yeah. and
1: that's where you're going to find it. Um, I've been fortunate to get involved and with a, you know, biotech company in the nutrigenomic and epigenetic space. So that is my online wellness business. And it's just, you know, I, I, I also learned in the process of getting involved with this. I mean, I knew it a little bit once I had MS and I started to do research. I found myself being, you know, more fascinated and more fascinated with science. But when I got involved in this, it really, I discovered that I am quite a nerd. Like when it comes <laughs> to science, I'm a bit of a geek. Like somebody asked me recently, like, what's your hobbies? I'm like, um, reading studies reading science,
0: (laughs) research,
1: research. And I realized I totally missed my calling, but that's okay because it's become more of like a passion now. And so this company that I got involved with is, you know, it gives me that space to constantly be reading these just amazing research papers and, you know, the science and introducing it to people and working with doctors and learning all about, you know, our cellular health, And how we do have the power, you know, our genetics are not our destiny. They aren't our destiny. And we have the power to make changes. So and I think this is going to be the way of the future. So I feel incredibly grateful that I got in when I did, because I think it's going to be a very powerful change in the world in the future.
0: Almost necessary, right? Uh, mean,
1: oh, absolutely necessary.
0: Gee whiz, even it, it was so frustrating to say, go to the doctor, to like a GP, like you're saying, and, and have 15 minute window of yep. time where you talk about things and they're typing on their laptop the entire time, not, not even looking, looking at, at you. At you. <laughs> but exactly.
1: listen, you're being, you're being very generous, Jen, because the average today based on insurance is that when you go to your primary doctor you get seven and a half minutes mm. allotted by insurance. That's criminal. And, I mean, how is a doctor ever going to be able to give you what you need and get to know who you are and take into account every part of your life? That's the problem is you can't, you can't just go you know, to the doctor and, and say, you know, I have these symptoms and they say, okay, let me give you this pill. And they have not a- had a chance to ask you, What's going on with your emotional health what's going on at home what's happening you know what's your body doing? Are you you know going to the bathroom properly? what are you eating like all of those come into play as to how you know because the way we do one thing is the way we do everything and if one system is out of whack, the whole body is going to be out of balance mm-hmm. and i i I wish that more doctors and practices would work with health and life coaches because they take That's what a coach does. You know, we take, like when I worked for a doctor, a functional medicine doctor, you know, she was giving a program and I was helping that patient implement it and keeping them accountable and on track so they could make the changes successfully and sustain them. And I just wish that our medical system um, would do more of that because I think people would benefit in such a different way and everybody would be able to get a little bit healthier and learn how to take control of their health. So, well, but and again, these are discussions like, you know, they right. could go
0: on and on, right? But it also helps you shift out of the narrative. I could show up to a doctor and tell the same story and try mm-hmm. to get someone to listen to me. But when you tell that same story over and over and over again, it's harder to shift out of it, right? And so right. in order right. to process and, and heal the traumas, you've got That's to find fun. that integrative person to really listen and think about other aspects of health, even at the genetic level to support your wellness and, and shifting away from what was Mm -hmm. to what can be healthier. Yes. 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 And
1: hopefully, you know, as the functional medicine space is growing and becoming more recognized, um, even though some of us have known about it for so long i think it's becoming more recognized by the general population yes, less as taboo. to what it is
0: mm-hmm.
1: and i think that more traditional doctors are also learning that one they're not making the money they made before based on insur- you know because of the insurance troubles and i think that they're also realizing they can't they can't help people the the way they're doing practicing medicine today. So I'm hoping that shifts into our healthcare system, into doctors that say, we need to get to the root cause. There's definitely more we can do than just writing a prescription, right? You know, or their prescription has, you know, become something where they say, you know, get outside and get fresh air, go for a walk, drink more water. Let's focus on some sleep. Let's do some, you know, meditation. And those things become the prescription for getting well.
0: Right. Or try these supplements because they can support your body to do the work it needs to do. It's just fascinating stuff. So how did your journey with HSCT set you up for the path you're currently on?
1: Well, first and foremost, it gave me the chance to, to, it gave me another chance at life. I was losing that. I was losing that journey. Um, You know, I've had MS for so long, and the truth is that I never struggled that bad with it. You know, I had bouts of optic neuritis. Um, The worst of my conditions were my digestive system, which was the most fearful, and my cognition. And, And towards the end there, they were considering putting me on a patch, an Alzheimer's patch, because... They said, you know, my doctor said, you're going to go into early onset dementia. You've just lost too much brain volume. There's too many black holes. And, and I did that neuropsychological testing. I don't want to give my political opinions about things, but, um, you know, I was I lost all, almost all of my executive functioning at this point. And even though I thought I'd always handled my MS very well, especially as a single mother. Sure. I had I had to. But when, when that year hit when 2016 hit, um, my doctor said, I, I don't want to say you're going into second, secondary progressive because it's just a category. He said, but I don't know what else we can do. Like every, I was losing too many faculties too fast at this point And I really was spiraling out. So the concern of saying, you know, going to my neurologist and then, um, the Chicago team, you know, in that, you know, when you go to get evaluated. And then um, I had seen another neurologist also. And to, to, based on my MRIs, they said, you know, if your cervical spine takes one more hit, you will be paralyzed from right. the neck down and you will be on a feeding tube if we can't stop what's happening in your digestive system from the lesions. Um, because it was it was at the point, you know, I always think about like <laughs> – When we think about myelin, I always think about like, you know, a little mouse chewing on the wires Mm -hmm. until it just went and snaps. Right. Or like my daughter brought home, my daughter's at college and she has an apartment this year and she decided to purchase a bunny rabbit. So now we have a rabbit in our family. And when she brings him home, like over the holidays, Benny runs around the apartment and uh, got a hold of my computer cord and in one second bit right through it and just ripped it in half. And so when I think about myelin, I think about, you know, it just, you know, it was getting chewed away over all those 20 some years. And then I was at the point where it was hanging on that one little copper wire that was about to break. And that's basically what they were saying is if that, if that breaks, you're going to be on a feeding tube. Like we can't, you know, my, my could hardly eat at all. So when that happened, I realized that you know, it, to me, it happened so fast. You know, I lived with MS for 20 years and then all of a sudden in one year, everything
0: went. Right. That's terrifying.
1: It was, and I really, I mean, maybe this is denial over the years, but I never really was, I didn't, you know, like I said, I chose to try and focus on the good things and that I chose to focus on what my body would do. And So I guess it held back a lot of fear or like I said, it could have been denial for all those years. But when 2016 hit, I had never been so afraid. I really was afraid of losing, of losing the battle. And so I was so blessed to find HSCT and I'm thankful and grateful every day. And I don't take one day for granted. However, as much as my digestion healed and that healed very quickly, like, before I was even out of Chicago I didn't have an ounce of pain anymore and I could eat without any problem so that to me was a miracle my my cognition is definitely better it's definitely better i am able to my executive functioning is coming back and i'm able to recall memories that i had lost for you know 20 years. I couldn't remember things. And now I'm able to look at pictures and remember scenarios versus looking at them and having no idea what what happened in that photograph, Mm. which, you know, having kids um, and looking back at things and not being able to remember certain scenarios was very, very sad for me. And so now I am able to do that. And then since I've been activating the last six months, I've seen incredible changes also. My mind is crystal clear. I never have a single day of fatigue. The numbness in my left hand has disappeared. Mm. You know, and I just think I'm giving my cells a chance and my stem cells also to do their job. Um, so I'm, I feel good about that. Um, and yeah, I think you're that creating, over time,
0: you're creating my mind em- will get better. You're creating that environment for healing.
1: Absolutely. Like I, and, and like we said, it's work. I mean, every day I take my activators. Every day I move. Every day I tell myself a message of positivity. And I, that's always in the morning. You know, I don't know what's going to come at me, but I do. I can set my intention every day of how I'm going to handle it when it comes. I can't stop things from happening, but I can set my intention and control how I react to it. Mm. And I practice that on a daily basis. And I find that when I don't practice that, then those things do shift. And it's, for me, it's a daily thing. So I find myself in a good space. And I think that, you know, HSCT gave me that life back, that physical life back. And when I, and also, Jen, let's be honest. I mean, my journey in Chicago was, was difficult. Traumatic, you know. It was incredibly traumatic. Um, very traumatic. And that still sits with me. That's, I think that's going to sit with me for the rest of my life. Because, Absolutely. I mean, you know, I, I will feel Carol, you know, it, it's just, I know her spirit is out there and I work hard. I just had this conversation with somebody yesterday, actually. Mm. Um, I was talking to a a fellow MS person who had HSCT. I don't want to say names because I don't think it's fair to that person, Sure. but um, she's doing well. And we spoke yesterday. We hadn't talked in a long time outside of following each other on social media. And I reached out to her and we were talking for a while yesterday and, um, you know, we're talking about the benefits of like the, the, the blessing of having it and what it's done. And for me, the trauma that took place in Chicago, it was a wake-up call, not just because I got the physical capacity to, 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 to start again. It was like, for me, it was a second chance of life. But it, I, I sat in that hospital bed and I thought about my life up until that point And I wasn't willing to waste one more day. Mm. I just wasn't. I wasn't willing to waste another day being unhappy and unfulfilled because life is too short and we all go into this treatment knowing the risks, but nobody thinks it will happen. And unfortunately, it happened to our friends. Right. And and when that happened, it made me realize that I, I can't live one more day taking this for granted because I have to live with her in her honor and in her memory. That's how I honor my friend is by living my life the best I possibly can. And to not take it for granted ever because she didn't get the chance to do that. And so I try to fight harder knowing that I kind of feel like she's, you know, there in presence. Oh sure. And, and so it's allowed me to make the changes in my life you know, I went back from Chicago. I walked away from, you know, 18 year career (laughs) um, and started over. And I realized in that hospital room um, when I was going through um, whatever Dr. Burt had, you know, set up for me, whether it was, whether you want to call it therapy, um, working with the chaplain to try and gain control over my mental health so that I could continue the recovery there. And this was happened, you know, after Carol passed, um, they had people coming in talking to me. And in that conversation, or those conversations, I was able to gain clarity in the fact that life is not ever going to be the same. It's just not, you know, I can't go back emotionally and to what was, you know, a relationship at that time three years ago had to end because it wasn't fulfilling me. I I was, I was holding on for the other person, but I wasn't giving myself what it needed. Mm. And it was time that I stepped up and thought about my own self for the first time in my life. I had to put myself first and that's something that I'm not used to doing. And again, just like trust, that was a process of healing Mm -hmm. to be able to do that and not feel bad about it. But I'm living it now. I don't look back and I don't regret now. I don't I don't want to ever live with those. And if I want to do something, I do it. I set up boundaries for myself. And I found love again in in such a healthy way. And I'm doing the things that I want to do and I'm taking chances that
0: I never was willing to take before. And that sounds like you're thriving.
1: I I think that I am thriving. I think that I'm thriving in a way, you know, I turned fifty in September and it's funny, every decade I would say, Oh, this year's gonna be better, you know. Twentieth mm. birthday, you don't really know. But by thirtieth birthday, you're like, Oh, it's gonna be a good year and then forty, oh, this is the year. And when I was sitting on my forty ninth birthday, the last day of my forty ninth year, and I said, That's it. There's no more of these, this is the year. And then it doesn't. I go, this is the year and it starts now.
0: Mm.
1: It just, it starts now. And 50th started off tremendous. And I am doing new things and taking new chances and just trying to make the best of life every single day.
0: And setting a great example. Honestly, it's so inspiring to talk with you. Because if I feel like this conversation is so similar, but different from even six months ago, because ever since I've known you or transplant, right, like you've been Mm -hmm. willing to step into the unknown without fear. And maybe you do have fear, you just always have that determination and courage to, to truly just live life and show up and see what happens.
1: Yes. And of course, I do have fear. Everybody has fear. Of course. But I lived with fear, you know, as as, you know, my mom used to say, "Oh, you have so many fears, she used to say to me. And she was right. I was afraid. Um, Not of like, you know, the simple things like, oh, I'm afraid of the dark. I was afraid to live my life. I was afraid of, of taking chances. And I would watch other people you know, step into these things and take a chance. And and I was like, I can't do that. And I was terrified. And I waited until I was 50 years old, you know, except the transplant itself, which I didn't feel like I had a choice there.
0: Well, but I was going to say when I met you, I remember seeing a little bit of that fear that you wouldn't Mm -hmm. be able to turn over control because you liked being in control.
1: Yes, I did. And there are still things that I am very strong on control with, but most of those things now are just my health. I take strong control over my health. I don't ever give it up to someone else. Um, and I, you know, my neurologist, who's been my neurologist for about 11 years now, we recently had a FaceTime um, while I was back in Philadelphia for the holidays. He had thought we had an appointment, which we didn't. So we ended up. He he thought it was a telehealth, so he Facetimed me, and we ended up talking for quite a while. And he, I remember he said to me, and I I just adore him. And he said, you know, I want to just say this, and I know I've said it to you before. He's like, but I learned more from you about MS than I could have ever taught you. And I was so appreciative of that comment because especially coming from a doctor and a specialist. Sure, yeah. <laughs> you know, I was just so grateful um to hear, you know, his feeling and being so respectful of who I was and my beliefs over my health. Um so I've given up, you know, I I've loosened the control on other things. I'm not so afraid to walk into something that I would have feared before because I now know that if I don't take chances, I don't know what's on the other side. And also maybe it happens more from becoming a coach and learning technique. Mm. Um, but fear, you know, I gave that analogy about our myelin, right? About I always think about a little mouse chewing on the wires behind the TV. But fear to me Is when I'm standing, I'm standing and facing a wall and I can only see what's in front of me, but I can't see around the corner. I can't see the other side of the wall. And so when I don't know what's there and what I'm walking into, it's so scary. Like what happens if something happens? What if it's not what I think it's going to be? So that fear stops us. But now. I, I'm i willing to say, you know what? Just step out a little bit and look on the other side and it's okay. It's okay. Just step into it. And whatever's going to be, you'll handle one way or another, you'll be able to handle it. Maybe it won't work out the way you want it to, but at least you'll know you tried.
0: That's so, so important to give yourself that chance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so great that you continue to do give yourself those chances and see all this positive gain and, and health and growth mindset that you continue to embrace. Yes. It's and such you know an I, inspiration.
1: I, thank you. Well, you know what? I, I had talked over the, the years, the last three years and on the different episodes of the podcast that we've done together about my daughter, you know, being a single mother and raising my child mm. in the face of all of of the disease and when i went to chicago you know this was a big part of of this journey for me was my daughter was applying to college the months that i was in chicago she was ter- she had to finalize her college applications on her own by herself without me there except on facetime and what i learned about life. A lot of what I've learned about life, I also learned through my daughter's eyes. She taught me to open up my heart in a different way and my mind. And I was so proud of her dedication to what she wants in life. And, you know, people will say, well, that's your doing as a mother. Um, I don't know, maybe, maybe a little bit of it, but I wasn't willing you know, in my mind, I thought, well, how could it be my doing if I'm not willing to do those things? Mm. I might have taught her to do them, but I wasn't willing to. And I could never show her that. And then when I stepped into the transplant, you know, and we voluntarily went into that. I remember the morning of the transplant while she had flown out to be there and that morning we, you know, they, they infused the cells back in and it was like a very momentous morning and it's, you know, it feels so it's, you know, it's, it's incredibly emotional as we all know. And she had to leave to go to the airport that afternoon and she was hugging me and kissing me. And I looked over to her and I said, what did you learn today by being here with me? And she said that I can do anything.
0: Mm.
1: And so when I came through that recovery and I was home, and I walked away from my career and started something new and decided to go back to school, you know, at 48 years old or 47 years old, I, it was my way of showing her that, yep, we can do anything. And now I'm not afraid to do it too. And so this journey now and watching her as a junior in college now, and this success that she has had, um, Now I feel like that's a conversation I'm not, I'm not afraid of having with her or I'm not embarrassed, you know, to my own child to say, I'm so proud of you for doing all this, but I didn't do it because I was too afraid. Mm. Now I'm showing her at any age, it's okay. Just walk into it and you'll be able to handle it.
0: Yeah. See what happens. So that's a great part of my journey. Yeah. It's great to be able to lead by example. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That is my journey, my friend. It's always inspiring to talk with you and check in and see how you continue to grow because you never disappoint (laughs) with with that (laughs) growth, right? I mean, it's thank you. We've never had a conversation where you said, Yeah, you know, it's good. No, Mm -mm. not because you know why that's not good enough, Mm. it's got to
1: be better. So I'm so glad you are also doing well.
0: You know, well, and I am. I'm making more time for that self-care. And so this morning I was rolling out my fascia and, and doing some self-care practice and meditation. And I have not yet gotten on the treadmill, but we did get a treadmill. And mm. so even if it's just 10 minutes, um, I'm moving I would say I,
1: I, I would say, you know what? Just get on today and do five minutes. If you start with five, you'll get to 10.
0: Right. Well, yeah, last night I was at 12 and then I got on the bike and then I realized like, okay, I'm fatigued. So I'm going to stop so that I can make dinner. (laughs) Right. And so it is just creating those boundaries (laughs) and accepting them for what they are. Right. But every day, just do one little tiny thing. One little tiny thing to
1: get you where you want to be. Doesn't have to be such a big thing. In fact, the small things are
0: what lead to the big change. Indeed. Indeed. I'm very convinced of that for sure. So, and I also wanted to say, you know, thank you for all the work
1: that you guys do in HSCT org because I have given out that website lately more than I ever have.
0: Thank Um, you. I've
1: I've given it because I have, I also am in other groups outside of the HSCT groups on Facebook and I have given that um, website out to a lot of people to look at and, Learn from. So thank you for all the work you guys do there.
0: Well, thank you for participating in some of the webinars and, and lending your experience and insights as a coach. Thank you. And to your overall HSCT experience, is there anything uh, you're grateful for about your experience with HSCT that has gone unspoken?
1: You know, I don't think unspoken. I think I've said, you know, everything, you know, most, obviously most, of my gratitude is that I got the chance to do it and that my body was able to handle the treatment. I'm just grateful. I'm just grateful that I found, I found it and that I was able to do it because it has HSCT is what started this journey that led me to such incredible transformation. And I don't know, Jen, if I didn't have that, if I hadn't gotten really sick like that, and I didn't find the transplant, would, would I have this kind of personal transformation
0: at this point? Isn't it interesting to think about?
1: It is because I, the answer is, I don't really know if I would have, I don't know if I, if I was ready to go deep on my own Mm. without going through that process, which really just transformed my, my mind along with my body. but.
0: Thank you for being open to the transformation, mm-hmm. right?
1: Mhm, yes,
0: I think that's the work, right to just remain open to the possibilities
1: absolutely. Just have to be open. you just you have to be open, and I just encourage people, you know if you feel stuck, there's always ways to get unstuck. Mm-hmm. Just ask for help, yeah, just be just open ask for to help, help. mhm, you know, and for all of your. Podcast listeners, and boy, do you have a lot all over the world. Um, I would say if people are unsure, if they just say, like, I want to make change or I just don't know how to do it. I always will give a conversation. I will always give, you know, a free conversation and give somebody space and time to just explore. So I don't want anybody to ever think... That they are alone or they don't know how to do it or they just, I don't want anybody to ever think they can't or there isn't help because there is. And I will always, always, always be a source of that.
0: Thank you for that commitment. That means a lot. So we're going to connect people to you through our show notes and certainly to hsctwarriors.org to find more information about HSCT. But to Allie, we're so grateful to you for opening our seasons and to sharing you. such insight and, and inspiration uh, to continue showing up and stepping Thank into you that so much. unknown. Yeah. Thank you so I much. I really, I
1: do appreciate. I'm always grateful for the opportunity to connect with you and your listeners. It's just wonderful. You're wonderful.
0: <laughs> Thank you, Allie. Thanks, Jen. be sure to visit our website where you can find notes from today's episode, submit ideas or feedback and connect with resources and the HSCT Warriors Incorporated nonprofit. As always, special thanks to musical genius, Billy Alitzhauser for sharing his superpowers to create the soundtrack, edit and produce the audio to make this podcast possible. You can find us both when you subscribe on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you find your podcasts. It has been so great to connect with warriors worldwide, and we would love to hear from you about how the podcast has helped your journey with autoimmune disease. Take a moment to connect with us online, on Instagram, or share this episode with someone you know that would enjoy listening. In the meantime, we hope you'll tune in next Wednesday for another episode highlighting another warrior. Until then, be a snowflake and embrace your superpowers. Be kind. Be well. Jen Stansberry-Koenig and the producers disclaim medical influence and responsibility for any possible adverse effects. From the use of information contained herein. If you think you have a medical problem, please contact a licensed physician.